0: The following program may contain adult situations and language that may be unsuitable for younger listeners. Listener discretion is advised. From the RTDS Studios, this is Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo, proudly sponsored by National Fitness Training, with your host, Chuck Basti. Chuck's personal mission is to introduce the world to the people that motivate him on his inspirational journey into his world of infinite mojo. Here's your host, Chuck Basti. Welcome back to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo, not Modo, which I said last show. I said <laughs> Modo, which is vaguely
1: Japanese. Welcome, welcome back. Thank you, thank you. It's uh, I'm really excited about the show today. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up. Is, so everyone out there, to me, Todd, has opportunity to present itself, and it might happen 50 times a day. It might happen 12 times a day, but to me, uh, unless you're actually present, that the opportunity is actually going to be viable to you it may not be looking like an opportunity and so i i I think that a lot of young kids these days just don't have a work ethic like things come easy now now we got high speed internet you know cds they don't know what a library is now and and for the most part i think if you don't work hard at something towards mastering it then you're just never ever going to have opportunity pop up or you're not going to look stupid yeah for doing yeah. it so you know i never did me, go to the library when i was a kid. <laughs> well the thing is like when opportunity presents itself you have to actually look at it and say hey listen is this going to be a good opportunity for me or am i going to look stupid doing it and i think for a lot of kids out there and even you know you know adult listeners that are listening to this the show is all about uh you know when opportunity knocks are you prepared for it absolutely so um on the uh, i'm going to start with a hockey story so on November the 10th, 1985, the Philadelphia Flyers all-star goalie, Swedish sensation Pelle Lindbergh, slammed his 9-11 Porsche into the retaining wall of a Somerdale, New Jersey school. He was by all means brain dead that night. The following day, uh, he passed away. Backup goalie Bob Froes was injured and unavailable to play to uh, the host. Uh, the Flyers were hosting the Stanley Cup champions, the Wayne Gretzky-led Edmonton Oilers. Wow. See, that's where it gets interesting, because my next guest is a retired Philadelphia Flyers goalie, Darren Jensen. And Darren happened to be in the perfect path for when opportunity knocked. So when this all went down, Darren got the call, who was uh, with the Hershey Bears at the time of the AHL, and the phone rings, and they said, can you play tonight? So Mm -hmm. I want to welcome to the show Darren Jensen. Darren, are you there?
2: I'm here. How how, are you guys doing? We're doing great, Darren. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing just fine in beautiful British Columbia.
1: Well, thank you for joining us three time zones away for uh, this uh, phone call. And, you know, I, I'm not sure if you got that introduction, but this show happens to be all about you. So uh,
2: <laughs> <it's a Derek laughs> doesn't, show. it doesn't happen too often.
1: Well, you know what? And I, and I really wanted to take your story because it's inspiring. And the reason why it inspires me is I'm going to set the stage for you. So after Lindbergh passed away which was a Monday, on uh, November the 11th, on Remembrance Day, Um, Bob Froese, the the backup goalie, was, by all sense and purposes, he was able to play. And then, I guess, you know, when the um, Edmonton Oilers came to town, they actually offered the Flyers, Hey, listen, in light of this, we'd like to postpone the game out for you. And the Flyers said, No, we're going to go ahead and play. So the day before the game, Bob Froese pulls his groin, or story goes, and then you get the call in Sherbrooke. I guess you were in Sherbrooke playing for, with the Bears at the time. So, so tell me about what happened that morning for you and where you were when you got the call, what was going through your mind?
2: Well, um, actually I was roommates with Ron Hextall and, and, and at that time I was, I think, 15-0-1. I was just on a roll. I hadn't lost a game and I, I, I remember it like it was like yesterday. I uh was in uh we were in the hotel room and then uh, John Paddock who was our coach he called he called uh the room and he asked for me and so Ron gave me the phone and I said uh I goes said hello and he goes yeah hey hey Darren listen uh um you're uh you're going up and I says oh okay I'm going up this you know So I was really, you know, obviously all of a sudden I just get these real butterflies going. And then, uh, and he said, yeah, Bob, Bob got hurt today in practice. And I, you'd probably laugh at my next question, but then I said, well, who's playing? (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, And he said, well, you are. I said, oh, he said, I want you to get down to the, the, uh, hotel lobby right away. Uh, we have all your equipment, your, uh, we're going to take you to Montreal right now. So I went in a taxi, and I uh, stayed at the hotel right at the, in Montreal at the airport, and uh, the Flyers had a private jet pick me up at about 6, 6.30 in the morning. Um, you know, I'm just, uh, I can't tell you what was going through my head. Uh, panic, fear, excitement, um, sadness, because I had known Pelly, and... Uh, so the, the the guys were there on the runway. I get into this private jet, never been in one, <laughs> and uh, the two pilots had offered me coffee and donuts, and you know, which was really intimidating because I picked up the Philadelphia Inquirer and I looked and I said, "Oh Lord!" I looked in the sports section; it just had a big bold gents in the play tonight. Jeez. So I said, "Oh, here we go." So I get to the airport, and at that time, Mike Keenan and Bob Clark were there at the airport, and. You know, when you're uh, every every game day, you have a pregame skate in the morning, and uh, I was excited to you know get on the ice and get some of these NHL shots from Timmy Kerr and Mark How and all those guys, and and they looked at me and I says, well, you know, I'll just head into practice, and they said, no, go back to the hotel. There's too much press at the arena right now, so I never got to, you know, I had to go back to the hotel and. They said, get a good sleep and, and meal. And I said, yeah. And I said, that's not going to happen. I couldn't even eat. I mean, I, I just remember so clearly. I ordered a big pasta uh, uh, lunch, and I, I didn't have one thing. I couldn't eat. So I get to the, you know, I get to the um, the spectrum at the time and, uh about 530. And, uh, you know, every, there's a lot of sadness in the room. It was quite... Uh, quite overwhelming. It was, uh, you know, everybody sat, you know, he was, at that time, he was probably one of the top coaltenders in the world, if not the top, you yeah. know, Bezna. And so they just explained to me they're going to do a 20-minute eulogy uh, for Pelly at the beginning of the game. And I kind of thought we'd just be all on the bench and just kind of watching, but both teams went on the ice and stood at the blue line. And that's when it was really, I was in severe panic mode because, <laughs> you know, you're looking over at Wayne Gretzky and Paul Coffey, Messier Curry, even my goalie partner from junior, Andy Moog, he was playing in the game. He was right across from me. And uh, it was surreal because you never, you always dream about playing the NHL. It was my second game, but this definitely felt like my first game. It was just. Uh, the nerves I, I i'll never have those kind of nerves and um, there's no recipe to handling it but um, you know you just have to have a calmness within you and um, fortunately it, it worked out we ended up winning five three and um, i you know my, my goal was just to get through the game to be honest there you know and i'm looking down at the players on the blue line and most of them are all crying and i'm going i i just and then I'm looking at these other guys <laughs> across from us. So it was, uh, it was quite an experience, and yeah. I, I don't think too many people go
1: through that. Yeah, and I, I remember watching that because I'm a huge Flyers fan, as, as we all know, and, uh, and I was a huge Lindbergh fan at the same time as well. So um, Bernie Peront comes out and gives his eulogy, which there wasn't a dry eye in that house. The Spectrum's packed, standing room only. 18,000 fans, uh, and actually, ironically, Todd, that day... On the ticket stubs, there was always a random, you know, flyer on the ticket stubs, a picture of that. no way, yeah. And Lindbergh on that ticket stub, that was his day. Wow, on that game against the Stanley Cup defending champion the Edmonton Oilers, coming to town, and so it, the arena must have just been just set with grief. And like, I want to know what's going through your mind when you're replacing the. You know the crown prince of the Philadelphia Flyers, all-star goalie sensation, Vesna trophy wing, Pelle Lindbergh, and you're play, and you're, and you're facing Wayne Gretzky and the Edmonton Oilers, who you lost to in the Stanley Cup Finals the year before, and now it's your time. What do you do as a as a person when opportunity knocks and you just have to get it? Oh, first of all, what's going through your mind at that moment, Darren?
2: Well, you, you know, it just just everything is is going through. and And uh, to be honest, I said, I just don't want to get pulled. I really, I really. (laughs) Just Mike Keenan as your coach.
1: Are you kidding me? You had Mike Keenan as your coach. He's called Dr. Hook for a reason.
2: I'll be honest here. If I were to ever play a game like that uh, in the NHL, the one team that I would play, um, the one city that I would uh, love to do that would be, philadelphia what made me the i I honestly felt that every person was hoping the best and wanting me to do well and they were right behind me and that was a huge huge impact on my game um it was like they were understanding and they understood what i was going through so it was very emotional but if it was not for the, the Philadelphia people and, and the crowd and the support um, at that particular time, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, there's probably a good chance I wouldn't even got through that game. Uh-huh. Um, it was just, uh, I could just feel, feel the, uh, it was like having a, an, another person behind me, <laughs> but it was just the crowd. So it was, it was, uh a big part of it, a big part of the, in the success of the game is with the Flyers crowd.
1: Yeah, and I think that um, there's a friend of mine, his name is Bill Meltzer. He's a writer for the Philadelphia Flyers. He actually co-authored a book uh, about Pelle Lindbergh called uh, Behind the White Mask with Thomas Thielander from Sweden. Um, and I guess Thomas had written this book in Swedish, and it was such a big hit in Sweden that they came over to North America and had this. And, and Bill talks about this in the book about... Uh, replacing that, you know, crown prince of, of Limburg, and then you coming in with Bob Froze for the rest of the year, uh, and then, you know, being supported by the Philadelphia faithful, moving forward on top of that. So, I mean, I, I, I love Philadelphia fans. They're the tough breedest fans you'll ever meet in your entire life. But if you want to be supported, just like Darren said, I think that the Philadelphia fans were the ones that They got a soft spot, do they? Yeah, You know, for, especially for a hockey story like that. And hmm. I, I don't think... You know, that was almost 30 years ago, that story, and I don't think there's, there's ever been a story like it since then. And, uh, and so, Darren, I want to ask you, what does it feel like to be part of that story?
2: Um, it's, uh, at the time, you know, you don't kind of realize what you're kind of thrown into. I think it's kind of like, in some ways, part of the, you know, this is just a, this is a little stumbling Walk and, you know, you know, it just wasn't a perfect situation of getting, you know, brought up. But um, as I get older and I, I look back, uh, um, I appreciate the opportunity. And it wasn't the perfect opportunity, but uh, nevertheless, it was an opportunity. And uh, hopefully I made uh, Philadelphia proud as well as Kelly and, and uh, my teammates.
1: Yeah, and you, and you mentioned the word "perfect opportunity," and, and it worked out perfectly for you because you, you ended up winning the game, and uh know the story goes on. But you know, to me, in a large aspect of my life, I look at these things and say, "Perfect opportunity." And life doesn't come at you perfectly. Life doesn't say, "Hey, listen, are you ready? Are you ready?" Um, here's like, what I'm going to give you: cancer or no cancer, choose. It's just no. like cancer, choose. Yeah. What are you going to uh, do? You know, and when when you actually are able to actually choose. What you don't want to choose, then opportunities actually open up for you at that moment and make things a little easier as well. So, you did, know, th-
0: did your record of fifteen zero and one play into it? I mean, when before the game you're getting ready, you're thinking, "I'm hot. I can do this."
2: Um, I never. Uh, I I had a lot of confidence. It's just you know, it's it's one thing if you're staying at the same level, but now you're at a different level, and the uh, level of players. And the level of pressure everything goes up that 's why you 'll see guys that will respond and guys will not respond and really and that 's what it comes down to in all athletics is is you know how do these guys handle the pressure that's what everybody wants to see that's really it, it comes down to it and that 's how you have those winners you know people that win championships and uh, they're just they're just able to respond but I I've uh, always had a calmness, you know, from all my goaltending, and, and I think you're, you're right, Chuck, is uh, um, opportunity is, doesn't pass us that often, and if I could just tell you really quickly, you know, my probably the biggest opportunity that I had, at least in the pro, uh, going pro and playing hockey, was in uh, Fort Wayne, that was my first year in the International Hockey League, and I just remember the other goaltender, and all I want to do is play. But I wanted the opportunity, and I remember the goaltender um, said the, go- the the coach would like to just alternate the games. And I said that's great. I'll get about forty-five or fifty games. But the coach uh, started playing us back and forth for about four or five games, and then all of a sudden, the coach just kept playing me. He kept playing me, playing me, playing me. I played like seventeen or twenty in a row, and. Uh, um, the coach even came up to me and he said, "Do you uh, are you tired?" And I had nothing in my tank. I was so tired, but I said, "I feel great. and And that's called opportunity. I wasn't willing to give anybody that opportunity to take my job away. So it's just in those situations, you have to be mentally prepared. and that's why everybody keeps working at it, but they also have to visualize and think ahead, saying if I get put in any kind of situation, Am I going to be ready? And that's what you need to do as a a professional athlete. You need to prepare yourself visually and uh, mentally for that day, for that big game that's going to be coming.
1: And you don't know when it's going to be coming. It could appear at any time, and you just have to be prepared for it.
2: Yes, exactly.
0: We're going to take a short break and pay our long distance bills so we can keep talking to Darren. (laughs) You're listening to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo on Radio That Doesn't Suck and Listen Up Talk Radio. We'll be right back after this short break.
2: Cavalcante inviting you to have a vinyl experience Sundays on Radio That Doesn't Suck.com at 9 a.m., 3 p.m., Encore, Encore at 9 p.m., and for Super Early Birds, 3 a.m. Monday morning.
0: to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo. Or as we like to call it around here, whatever the hell's on Chuck's mind on radio that doesn't suck. Fire. Welcome back to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo on Listen Up Talk Radio and Radio That Doesn't Suck.com and uh, having a great chat with Darren Jensen today about seizing opportunity.
1: Yeah, and I think that the the message I really want to be clear with to the kids and, you know, to the people listening on the show today is that opportunity can come to you at any time. unless you're prepared for it, um, and you've worked hard for it, that when it shows up, that you'll be able in order to seize it to to have it actually come to fruition to pay off for you. You really need to work hard, and there's a work ethic that comes along with that, and which produces confidence. And
0: this is universal. You don't need to be a goalie or a, a world-class golfer. This is in
1: life. Yeah. This is in life. It just works better in sports, because these days it seems to be paying that way. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but my question for you, Darren, is um, let's talk a little bit about your NHL career. And uh, obviously, you're, you're playing for Iron Mike Keenan, who is Dr. Hook of goalies. He's had a legendary career of pulling goalies, and, that, and obviously that's going to rattle your confidence as well. So let's start off with talking about, you know, your highlights and your lowlights of an NHL career.
2: Well, you know, I would I'd like to say my highlight was um, my highlight was uh, obviously the Edmonton game, but also, you know, I I had a wonderful game in St. Louis. I'll never forget that. We won one match and I had 48 shots. Uh, I don't think that happens too often, and also uh, I was uh, won the Jennings Trophy with Bob pros, which was uh, quite a, quite the honor. Um, you know, for you know being briefly into the, in, in the league, um, every game was a highlight. Um, the, the The hardest thing about goaltending is you yeah, you really have to have a short memory. Um, I know with Iron Mike, if yeah. You know, you had it off game, he would he would come down on you pretty hard and uh to be honest some people say, Boy, he was he he was tough on me a few times, really tough, but uh you know, I looked back and I said, I really needed that. It's funny, but I needed somebody to really push me to the edge to play at that level. Um because it wasn't easy. So I needed that push, that fear of letting a goal in. Yeah. And that's um that's why I was able to play um in Philadelphia that year
1: so so by the end time of your 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 career comes to an end a few seasons later what was missing in your career at the end of your career that when you started off if you would have had your career would have been you know extended further
2: uh, you know that's a good good question and I, I have no regrets, and, and I couldn't say, well, if I would have done this. I did everything that I was supposed to do and did it the best to, to my ability. I, I, I think that uh, when you start looking back and you start having regrets, that will drive you nuts. Um, I think it's just a matter of having, um, you know, I got to the point where, you know, you're, you're going on the ice every day, and at one point, I just lost my confidence. And I, I think I lost my confidence more near when I got traded to Vancouver. For some reason, I just lost my confidence. And I tried to get it back, but it just wasn't there. And when you lose your confidence, you know, as an athlete, as a person, um, normally I could, you know, you, you, you bounce back. But it was just like it just in my head, it just I think it's time to go. Mm-hmm. It was just a you, you can't go and play uh, uh, play at such a high level and be seventy percent confident. it's not going to work. You'll get exposed right away. so so I just knew that it was time to leave, and I, there was no regrets at all. It was just like I was you know prepared. I was prepared to leave the game and and like I said before, is when you get out of the game, you seem you, you definitely appreciate what you did and and how long you played because you know the hockey life isn't a long life. But I think I've managed to play about six or seven years pro, which is which is great. I played at the University of North Dakota four years, so I really uh, uh, I'm proud of of what I accomplished in my uh, hockey career.
1: Yeah, and I get the fact that you're complete with your career and looking back at it right now, obviously, as a Monday morning quarterback, we can all look back at our areas of our own life and think, okay, well, you know, I lost my confidence in high school, yeah. or I lost my confidence after I got fired from my first job, or Mary whatever broke it down is. or whatever. It happened, yeah, It, it happens to everybody, I and mean, if yep. it doesn't happen to you, you're not playing a big enough game in life, let's be honest. So um, if you could look back now, and you could give advice to the kids who are listening uh, on the show uh... who are aspiring to be hockey players uh... what advice would you give to the kids about breakdowns when you have breakdowns and you're gonna have them um... how do you set your confidence clear what view do you have to take so that way uh... they knock you down but they don't knock you out
2: well you're you're gonna you're gonna be running into obstacles you're gonna have tough times that's a guarantee that's a given so it's just a matter of having thick skin Um, my arena burned down when I was four years old so we didn't have an arena I didn't start playing goal until I was 13 years old wow that's late um, that's really late yeah it was, it was very late and I, we used to get beat 25 nothing, 24 nothing. I just decided to play goal because nobody there was nobody wanted to play goal so I was crazy enough to do that but welcome um, to the club <laughs> it got to the point that uh, I um, started to excel in it and So I went to Notre Dame in Saskatchewan when I was 15 years old and uh, went there for two years. But I remember this, and I didn't care about odds. You know, everybody says, well, your odds of playing are about 1 in 30,000. And I never even looked at that. And probably for kids, I would say all I wanted to do was be the best at that level, be the best I could possibly be at that level. I never thought of the NHL. I always watched on TV and it would be great, but it was never kind of like the ultimate dream. My my dream was to be the best midget goaltender. My dream was to be the best junior goalie, the best uh, university goal. So it, every time you're, you're excelling and you're doing the best at that level, you will go to the next level. It will just happen. And that's mm. exactly what it did with me. Just and I remember... You know, my friends would used to party at a young age, but I would be out on the field by myself doing wind sprints. And it, you have to sacrifice. And if you're not willing to sacrifice, then um, it, you don't be prepared. Uh, don't Don't think that everything's going to just fall into place because it's not going to happen. And nothing. The worst thing you could ever do is when you're 20 years old, 23 years old, look back and say, "Geez, I wonder what." Would have happened if I would have done this because there was a ton of guys that had a much more talent than me, but they didn't want it. I loved hockey, still do, and I just I said I'm giving 150 percent and whatever happens happens. But I'm not gonna I'm gonna be able to look in the mirror and be okay with myself. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't. And um, you just you have to have that vision, but. It's, it's all about sacrifice and the love. You have to love what
1: you're doing. Yeah. And, you know, it was clear that when you're doing something that you love, it comes naturally and it doesn't seem like work to you at the time. So if you're committing yourself to something fully to it, you know, and you love it, then at that time there, everything just falls into place or should fall into place to you as well.
0: And there's those things too. I mean, it's being realistic controlling the things you can control yeah. and then the rest is just up to fate or God or higher power or whatever.
1: Yeah. And you can just control what you can control. So
2: um, if I could mention, if I could just mention one thing, yeah. one of my biggest motivators when I was young was in an English, I used to always write essays on hockey. Oh. This is when I was 12 or 13 and I remember the teacher. I remember the teacher brought me up in front of the class, and he says, "Why do you, why do you write on hockey all the time? Why is your essays always about hockey? You know you're not going to make it."
1: Wow! Mm, wow!
2: And you know, I never forgot that. And when I was playing pro, I happened to see him on the golf course in our golf course in our town, and I went up to him and I said, "You know what? That was probably one of the biggest motivators in my life for Thank what you said." Great
1: story. You should have actually given the autograph from Wayne Gretzky and said, here's the guy yeah. I played against, you know, and yeah. actually I won. No, it
2: was just, it was kind of weird, but uh, you know what? Don't ever say, you don't ever tell me you can't do it. because yeah. that's You know, it's not going to happen with Well, me. Darren,
1: what's going on for you after life, after hockey? What are you doing now and where are you these days and what's going on for you?
2: Well, I'm living in Kelowna, British Columbia and uh, my family, some of my family's here. Uh, I work with a company called uh, NewCarSellOff.com and I've been with them uh, over a year. Uh, it's the auto industry. It's designed for the people to find a vehicle. I think it's absolutely phenomenal. They, it's probably one of the easiest websites you're ever going to find to find a vehicle and our, my job is uh, as a support analyst. I help the dealers to, to put up the, the vehicles that they can discount and give great deals for the people. So this new sell is kind of the new guys on the block in a way, been up uh, over a year, year and a half. And uh, so I'm really excited to be part of this, uh, this company, uh, the management, everybody's uh, treated me great and uh, I really, really enjoy it. And uh, that's something that I, I definitely recommend, you know, everybody's always looking for vehicles and they're trying, they they don't want to, you know, go to four different dealerships and uh, this way, it's kind of like a huge auto web mall. And um, right now we're in Western Canada. Uh, soon we'll be doing all of Canada and then eventually we want to go down to the United States. So, so we're just, uh, we're growing fast uh, and um, it's, uh, we're getting more and more traffic. So I encourage anybody who's uh, wanting to buy a vehicle to go to newcartselloff.com and uh, do some peeking around. You'll see some great deals on uh, new and used. It's actually both vehicles.
1: Perfect. Well, is there anybody that you want to make a shout-out to while we get you on the air?
2: Yeah, you know, I want to say a big hello to my fiancée, who I love very much, Michelle O'Brien, who's in Philadelphia. She'll be coming out here soon, As as also her son, or my soon-to-be stepson, Connor, and my two daughters, Haven and Liberty. I want to say a big hello, and I love them all very much. Perfect. I appreciate the uh, opportunity to talk with you guys
1: today. And, and Darren, I, re- I really want to thank you for taking the time out today to talk to us about this. This has been a great story, and i thought about you a lot over the years and thought to myself, whatever happened to Darren Jensen? And so it's been my privilege to have you on the show today.
2: Thanks very much, Chuck. Okay, we'll
1: talk to you soon. Okay. You're listening to thank Chuck's
0: you. World of Infinite Mojo on Radio That Doesn't Suck and Listen Up Talk Radio. We'll be right back after this short break.
2: Hey, Paul Cavalcante here from the Vinyl Experience radio show Sunday mornings. You provide the bagels and the coffee and the newspaper, and I'll spin the records at 9 a.m. and then an encore at 3 p.m. Missed out? You'll catch the show again at 9 p.m. on Sundays and again at 3 a.m. Monday morning. The Vinyl Experience, 9 and 3. That's all you need to know. Oh, 33, 45, and 78 are important numbers too, but you get the idea. This
0: could only happen to me Can't you see Welcome back to Chuck's world of infinite Mojo
2: Mojo Mojo
1: Mojo Yeah,
0: we stole that Now, back to the show Welcome back to Chuck's World of Infinite Mojo on Radio That Doesn't Suck and Listen
1: Up Talk Radio. I just uh, really want to take a second right now just to sit and reflect because, you know, there's one thing I I really realize about people who listen to the show. Uh, I've been getting a lot of feedback uh, in the last couple of weeks from people who've been sending me off wonderful emails and commenting on the show. And and I really want to acknowledge the fact that you could be out there anywhere doing whatever you want to do right now and. You know, I really want to thank you for coming and listening to the show, and I hope that you got something out of it, and I hope that the uh, the Opportunity Knocks thing worked for you. And uh, you actually you know heard a pretty good story today from, you know, a guy who beat Wayne Gretzky and the, you know...
0: Mark <laughs> Messier.
1: Yeah. <You're>... Mark Messier. <laughs> you go down the list. Paul Coffey, Glenn yeah. Anderson, Andy Moe, Grant Fear, the whole bit from uh, Stanley Cup Champions, and a regular guy... Like Darren Jensen, who worked his ass off to get to the NHL, to have an opportunity open up and able to capitalize on it after that. And uh, and I just hope you really enjoy the story.
0: Yeah, and, and and I can I can add, we're never going to phone a show in here. We're always going to have a, a topic that's going to hopefully touch people. Stimulate. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Get some conversation going.
1: And uh, I want to thank Darren Jensen for coming on the show today. If you want to go to his website, it's newcarselloff.com. And go out there if you're in the market for a new vehicle. And uh, and thanks to everybody else who's uh, put this on from Philadelphia, Bill Meltzer and Brian Propp and the rest of the guys down there in the Philadelphia faithful. Uh, thanks a lot for your support.
0: Cool. And you can find us on Facebook as well. Facebook.com slash ListenUpTalkRadio or RTDS.ca. Show us some love on Facebook. Con- you know, tell us how you're liking the show and it. suggest some topics for next week. I love the love. Yeah, we love it. All right, we'll see you right back here next Tuesday at 8 p.m. Thank you for spending time with Chuck in his world of infinite mojo. If you'd like to get in touch with Chuck or Todd, the email address is feedback at radio that doesn't suck.com or call the feedback line 866-269-6155.